Have you ever thought, I'd like to write a book someday, then immediately shoved it aside as a dream with no chance of becoming? This show is about how regular folks went from being dreamers to doers, from letting their life experiences and faith remain their own to sharing it with their fellow travelers. So if you've ever wondered how the spark of an idea could turn into a brilliant book, these author interviews show you how by telling their inspiring and true backstories. I'm Roxanne Thane, one of the co-founders of Rooftop Publishing, and our team is delighted to introduce you to one of those legacy-leaving authors today. Welcome, listeners. We're so glad to have you back on the podcast today, and I'm excited to introduce you once again to Stephanie Frankham, my dear friend and co-founder at Rooftop Publishing, who is from Malad, Idaho. And Stephanie has come down to be in the studio with us today to talk about her latest book. It is called Firm, We've Built Our Foundation on Jesus. And I can't wait for you to tell the story about this book, where the idea came from. And I think that it's reminiscent of a favorite hymn of mine. So let's hear about it. Welcome, <laughs> Stephanie. Hi, welcome. I'm excited to be here. You know, the firm, really the way that the whole idea came across for firm was I feel like we have this mass exodus that has been taking place from religion. And as a mother of seven and a grandmother of seven as well, I've gotten pretty nervous about that because I know that my joy comes from Jesus Christ. So in the middle of all of those concerns and worries, I thought, you know, if I could help my family to be able to have a foundation in Jesus Christ, that would really help my heart. And I feel like that comes from knowing who we are, knowing who Jesus Christ is, and knowing where we've come from. So I decided it was time to compile some family histories and take the strength that I have seen in my family and be able to present that to my children to help them to get that, that kind of strength that came from what we've seen from them in both the love of liberty as well as the love of God. Oh, that's beautiful. I think one of the things that is exciting about that is that this book could be replicated by anyone, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that Many of us are concerned about that pulling away from God. This world is very contentious and very scientific and logical, and people don't know how to fight that their kids on that or someone who's decided to step away from religion or God. They don't know what to offer up. And one of the sweetest things that you can do is offer story, narrative, because nobody can fight a narrative, correct? No. Oh, absolutely. That's the, the thing that has been recurring the feedback that I have received has been, oh my gosh, if if somebody had written something like this about my ancestors, I'd actually read it. Exactly. It's a beautiful book. I, I think one of the things that makes it such a beautiful book is that you are calling everybody in and saying, you have already built your foundation on Jesus. It was already there. Whether you choose to reject him or accept him, this is where you were born and raised. And this is what you stand on today. Whether you want to try to distance from it or not, it's who you are. That is exactly how it is. And to be able to see, oh, I have some things in common with what what they went through. And even I have a daughter who has recently been through a divorce. 
And she has really leaned into some of the stories. One of the great grandmothers who had, I think her third marriage was the one that worked and she had been in an abusive marriage and she'd had one husband that had passed. And yeah, and she has really drawn strength from her stories. Can you tell us a little bit about how you have blended family history stories and stories of today, modern stories, because I think this is what's so unique about the book. It's written in the third person, but it's in story format. So it, and it's present tense, which just brings the reader right in to feel like they're actually a part of it. And so it begins with one portion in every chapter, and it has a story as if it is happening right now, real time, more like a fiction read. And that is a story from one of our ancestors. Then the second portion talks about the story, a parallel story that has to do with uh, with me or my parents or my siblings or my children. So it's those real-time experiences. And then it's wrapped up in the end with a, a lesson learned or a principle. It's, it gave me an opportunity to be able to testify. Great. So they are matching on the principle. That's yes. where they tie together. Yes, exactly. So I, I'm excited for you to share just a little bit about how you rolled this book out, because obviously this is not a book you're trying to build a name on or a platform on. This is a very personal book. In fact, it was a very limited edition because you knew that there weren't going to be many people beyond this, you know, beyond your family that were going to get this. So how did you present it to your family? Oh, well, they were my sounding boards. So that was the start. And they knew that I had to do a lot of interviewing because they were each highlighted in the book. So I had to go back to them and read to them what I had written and make certain that it was accurate, but also that they felt that they were they were well represented in it. So we really did a pre-order and we went to all of my siblings who got copies for their family members, for their kids. And I got a copy for each of my siblings for Christmas and each of my children for Christmas. I also got hold of some of the extended family members and just asked them, is this something you would be interested in? I understand that you probably don't really know my siblings and, and my kids as well, and maybe that wouldn't be as interesting to you, but you would really enjoy the ancestor stories. And I had a number of them. Probably I probably sold 30 copies that way. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, that's way more than I was expecting. <laughs> so how did you roll it out for the launch? Because you had to do a personal launch. Was it around a holiday or what? It was at Thanksgiving. It was at Thanksgiving. And it was so exciting because all of my siblings were in town, which does not happen very often. And we just, I had it all wrapped up and said, okay, I need you guys to open this all at the same time. And they did. And they were so excited. I think my mom and my sister and one of my daughters, anyway, I think they all stayed up late, late, late until they had finished the book that night. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> so fun to be able to, to see people really appreciate your work. Were, what were some of the obstacles? I remember talking to you about somebody who was not excited about you writing this book. Yes, there there was definitely that. That was an obstacle and making certain that there was a story that they were comfortable with me sharing. So we had to work through that. But honestly, the biggest obstacle for this book was how not to be preachy. Mm. I wanted to share my testimony, but I knew as soon as they felt preached at, they weren't going to read it. So what I did, honestly, it was I started to write those ending portions of the chapters and saw 
this is preachy. And I probably spent about six weeks fasting, praying, attending the temple, and just reading and looking for that answer. And it actually came when I wasn't expecting it. And it was from a book that had nothing to do with family history. And I think it was maybe even a preface. And I finished it and all of a sudden I had words come into my mind, that is how I want you to do it. So I followed a pattern, what I learned from that, and I was able to do it in an inviting way, in a way that was, um, maybe you've experienced something like that, and this was only my experience, and have you ever considered, you know, things like that. I see. Very interesting. Well, I think that um, because you own your family history, it's yours, you're worried that maybe you don't represent it correctly for everybody else. So I think you do have to take that tone of, in my experience, it could be different for others. And obviously, I'm coloring this for myself. But I think that when, when people see that you have put that kind of effort in, they don't get to say much about it, right? And yeah. so you probably didn't get very much pushback. Only, only a little. And that was that was, I think, probably a miscommunication. And it's all it's all good. But I will tell you something really interesting was <laughs> because I feel that the Lord tutored me in that. I have a story in there that was before my daughter was divorced. And so it's a little painful to go back, for her to go back and read this, and it talks about things before the divorce. But when they, when she read it with her sister, they read it together, and as they went through the little part at the very end, they both, she said, Mom, you cannot believe what you did when you wrote this book. I said, what do you mean? She said, it was almost as if you knew what was going to happen, which of course I didn't. But she said, the way that you worded this and the questions that you asked, they pertain to me and made me feel like God knew me even though things changed. Wow. What crazy testament to all of that fasting and prayer. Yeah, that, that, that's true. Yeah. Wow, that's wonderful. So tell me, it sounds like it was a big success at Thanksgiving and the people who stayed up to read it and are still finding value in it, um, even though their lives have changed since they first put since you first put stories in there for them. What is one of the other happy surprises that came along because you did the work and published this legacy? The the exciting, exciting, happy part that was truly a surprise was when you design your book cover the right way. <laughs> Sorry. You love it. You absolutely love it. So my happy surprise was I take that book now and whenever somebody's asking a question or I'm I am a writing coach. So sometimes there's an example and I'll pull out my book. I almost don't want to open it yet because I just want to hold it against my heart because I love it so much. The cover design, the interior design I could not, I could not have had anything that I would have loved more for this book. So that was truly a happy surprise. Stephanie, this is so fun. And I, I think it's because it's the, a very creative, visual part of your legacy. And for you to say, if this sits on a shelf for the next generation, I'm proud to have it there. You know, some people leave a ring or a painting or whatever, but for you as a writer and a writing coach to have a book really symbolizes the beauty of your testimony is a joy. It and is. so that makes a lot of sense actually. It it totally it totally is. So Stephanie, because 
people can't really buy your book, or can they buy your book? They can't. They can't unless they're family members. I see. And why? Why did you decide to do that? Because we have all the stories of those that are still living. So it's kind of a breach of confidence and privacy to do that. I could. They. I think there would be a mutiny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So they don't get to buy your book, but I would love if you could just share something, maybe a story in there, so that they can get a flavor for what you've done. Because I think it's inspiring. You bet. You know, one of my favorite one of my favorite chapters. It is called "It's a Miracle When There's No Other Explanation," and so the first one is I tell the story about my grandmother, who lived in this little canyon, and she is on a two story home. This would have been the early 1900s, and she looks out and she sees there's been a cloudburst, and she sees literally a wall of water headed straight to her house. So when she sees this, the only thing she can think of to do is to fall on her knees and ask God to divert the stream of water. And all of a sudden, there is this crash, and that's exactly what happens. And it it diverts, it goes off to the side, and there is like a 50-foot, I don't know what you call it, crevice, Um, anyway, in 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 the land, and the water goes away from the house, and they are saved. What? So, I know, right? And you can still go back and see it. I have a... The crevice is there still. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that absolutely amazing? So Talk I, about moving a mountain. Okay, I, I can't exactly. get over this. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it, yes. And I actually have a recording of my great-grandmother, because it would have been... No, sorry, my great-grandmother, of her sharing that story and saying, we just went back and saw it last week. It would have been like 1978 or something when she's talking about this. But she's like, yeah, it's still there. So that's the first story that I share. And then in the same chapter, I share one of my stories, something that happened to me, and that was our family's struggles with mental health Mm. and finding a solution with vitamins. And as I go through and I share that story, it was so amazing because I couldn't tell when I was introduced to them, is this even, is this for real? Is this just like snake oil? And I was so scared and I got on my knees and I said, I need you to tell me because I'm too emotionally invested. So just, you're just going to have to tell me. So I open my scriptures and it falls on the story of David and Goliath. And the words that come to my mind as I read it is the children of Israel are still being attacked by a giant, and that is a giant of mental health. And if you can just, it it takes one person with courage to throw these stones at this giant. And in my mind, the interpretation was these vitamins, a few of these vitamins a day, and that that will take down the giant. So that was our miracle and had a profound effect on the family. So this is what, um, that was the second story. And then it ends with this. Have miracles ceased? What marvelous things have you observed? What has God done for you personally? I cannot deny the great things I have seen. I have felt the truth. And with every miracle I remember from the past and with each that I witness today, I know. I know that even when my faith is small, so small, so weak, and when your faith is small and when your faith is weak, magnificent blessings still show up from God, a merciful God my God and your God, who in his infinite mercy extends a myriad of miracles. Oh, that's, that is goosebump worthy right there. Isn't that fun? It's very fun. And I didn't feel preached at at all. Oh, good. It was, in, it, like you said, it's an invitation. So there's, 
there are people who are lovers of family history and people who are very nervous about digging into family history. What advice would you give for um, making this a, a pleasant experience, a pleasant one for everybody involved? Because like you said, it's not just the, the those who have passed, it's those who are living. And that can be very scary to write about somebody's life or represent someone that they love in a way that they didn't agree with. Is there any advice you could give to them? First and foremost, um, recognize that it matters. The message matters. And then I would say, you have got to be on your knees because I have literally had one, one ancestor that I was writing about. And I started typing. I don't even remember what it was. Maybe something I thought he might say or do or whatever. And I was chastised. I mean, I, I could feel just this indignation <laughs> that I would never have said something like that. Now, I know that it I know that it had something to do with interpreting for the Native Americans because he was an interpreter and I must have presented it in a way that was not okay with him. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Anyway, but just recognize first of all, the message matters. It is worth pursuing it. You've got to do the research, and you have got to be in tune with God to be able to know when to shut up. And then be really respectful of those that you are interviewing that are still living. And if they don't want you to share something, then don't. And if they feel like you have misrepresented them, then change it and give them that opportunity to give you feedback. Then they will still you'll still have relationships um, when it's over. <laughs> That's excellent advice, and and it puts your mind at ease, and you're not pulling back that project you just did because you know that it's hurt somebody. You have gotten the okay, the thumbs up from everybody, and you have an open gate to taking this book as far and wide as you want to. Yes. So that's excellent advice. The other, th sorry, one other thing yeah, is just that at the very beginning, I think it's super important to be able to let them know. Um, you have taken creative license. You recognize that you don't know all of the details about your ancestors, but you are going to say, because of what I have learned and what I do know, this is a situation that might have happened, that could have happened, but I've had to take creative license in doing it. Oh, great. That's a great disclaimer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you might want to write that down word for word, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, as you know, one of the reasons that we started Rooftop Publishing was to give people a way to preserve their legacy in a way that they were truly proud of that would represent their lives. Why did you feel like this book was worthy of that kind of investment, that kind of time and money and and struggle and interviewing everybody and, and going through all of that prayer and all of that? Why did you feel like it was worth doing that? So number one, because of what I needed it to do for my kids yes. and for my grandchildren. That meant everything to me. The other reason is because as I have done family history work, I've seen what has been passed down. And you see some flimsy pieces of paper with, with a paper a paper clip on it or a staple, or you see some things that are spiral bound and they are getting beat up. And there are many that I have had to go in personally and go re-digitize re them because, and and actually type it all up all over again because you're losing you're losing the quality. I wanted something that I would be proud 
to be sitting on the shelf that my children, when I'm gone, will be able to go back and still feel the love, the beauty of my testimony, the invitation, and that they feel like they have a piece of mom still. So I truly, it's not, I don't know that it's trite, but it is our tagline, right? But I wanted to leave a legacy that they will love as well as I would love. And I do. I absolutely love it. I'm so proud of it. Uh, that's perfect. You know, when people think about writing a book, um, it's not a, a cheap process, no. time-wise or money-wise. Um, but if you say, would you take your family on a fabulous vacation? Yes. Would you consider putting that same effort and money into something that will last for decades and hopefully beyond? It, it helps people stop and think, really, what am I? what is most important to me? Is it the fun or is it leaving my beliefs and my stories and my experience that hopefully will save them some heartache in the future, that's really what we're trying to do, whether it's nonfiction or personal development or especially family history. And I really appreciate your example and what you've done, um, the sacrifice you made to make sure your children knew where they stand, and that's on Jesus. I love it. Thank you. Yes. And I am so grateful because I see the looks in their eyes and I and I get that payday. It has happened so many times where one of them will say, Mom, I was just reading this and I just wonder about and knowing that they're actually doing it without being compelled to. Beautiful. Now, if people at least want to look at your book, I know they can't <laughs> order it, that it's it was a special order only. Uh, where can they at least see it? They can see it at rooftoppublishing.org. Okay. And is it also on your website, Stephanie Franklin? It is not. It's not? It's okay. not. I guess I could add it, but... You should. <laughs> I think that it's inspiring to the rest of us who think our family stories are good too. Yeah. We exactly. could do the same. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for coming in. You bet. Thank you for having me. Though we've come to the end of this chapter in our author's story and the end of the show, we feel motivated by the legacy created when they took the leap of faith to write and publish their book. We hope this backstory has inspired you to pen the book that's in your heart. After all, your unique and faith-promoting message needs to be shouted from the rooftops.